All right, the world is aflame, which I feel like is how I could start any F1 news. <laughs> I was going to say, that but... doesn't, that's not really specific. That could be about anything. <laughs> Recording from New York and Los Angeles, your hosts, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein, are lined up on the grid for this week's Gridwalk. Engines are fired up, ready to broadcast to you every Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and more. Subscribe, like the video, turn on auto downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires. Today, Gridwalk will take pit stops at... It is February. We have another Gridwalk episode. Let's do it. I don't know, like, does this finally feel like F1 season is starting? Like, we've been doing episodes every week, but this... I finally feel like it's F1 season. Yeah. There's something just... I mean, I associate February with, like, F1's here, F1's starting. The teams pick up, the drivers pick up. I'm posting and content and car launches are happening. So it really feels like the season is here and even without an actual race. So yes, I agree. Happy start to the F1 season. I know we're a month out from like Bahrain, but it feels all real now. Like, ah, yes, this isn't fake. The engines are firing up. Things are happening. We keep seeing videos of everyone in their factories firing up an engine, but we can't hear or see anything, but everyone looks really hyped. Okay, wait, can we stop and talk about this for half a second before we get into the formal formation lab? Because I love how all those videos are shot, where it's like super zoomed in on like a guy's elbow. (laughs) It's like we really gotta make sure that we don't show anything. So we're gonna really give people, like it's like a toddler walking around at a family party with a camcorder. (laughs) And they're just gonna like, kind of try to aim in at things but you know you just know that, that some approver had to sit there and scrutinize frame by frame and make sure they were giving nothing away you know what more of that guy's elbow we want that and they'll just have like obnoxious graphics like on the side just in case there's like paperwork or something like it's just such a great cover-up i love those videos i watch them even though i'm like i'm not oh, yeah. gonna see anything but i'm gonna just see everyone being like whoa and their headsets and everything and it's like whoa it's so great and we're excited it's like you could be looking at an empty garage and we would have no idea I'm pretty sure McLaren uses the same generic engine sound for their video every year that they put in in post but it's still exciting it's still F1 season epidemic sounds race car engine download McLaren we talked about it a little last week but we're gonna start the show today talking about all the ways that Visa Cash App Red Bull which we now know is actually Red Bull and not Racing Bulls, messed up their launch. Then we're going to get into everything Lando and Charles extension talk. What does this mean for this year, silly season? And what does this mean for 2026 when the regulations reset? Then, guess what? Gossip Grid is back. Gossip Grid is back. Nicole is going to give you an off-season F1 pop culture roundup. She's been collecting all the things that have happened pretty much since the end of the season, probably Vegas, to give you an epic off-season Gossip Grid. We have four car launches between now and the next time there's a Gridwalk episode. So we're going to give you our hopes, dreams, wishes, expectations, predictions, whatever words you want to use for the Haas car launch that is happening actually the day after this episode is released. They are first. Then uh, the Flamignon car launch. Then Williams car launch, which we have talked about a lot, but we're still going to touch on it. 
And then ending it off with Alpine, will there be a pink livery? We need to know. And we're gonna know, but by the time there's another gridwalk, we will all know and we'll be able to actually talk about whether or not there's a pink livery. But today, hopes and dreams for all four of these. It's lights out and away we go on this week's gridwalk. Oh my God, everything, everyone is just upset everywhere. I, that's how I would describe today. Everyone is upset everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. everywhere what is it like everyone everywhere all at once it's like everyone just upset all at once yes that's today everyone's angry everywhere all the time all at once i yeah. can't believe hi we record obviously if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening i probably sound a little bit different because we are recording this wednesday evening because andretti and f1 news has occurred and it couldn't happen the day before when we record because that would be too convenient for our lives and also i i think just yesterday it was all the like ah andretti steps of what they're still doing and then f1 and liberty media were like all right time to shut them up but i can't believe this just didn't happen 24 hours before it happened i know the podcast is supposed to go live in what uh seven hours and we're recording like a bonus live reaction like ah historic like every time we talk about this i think we have to divide into two different things there's like our analysis of what's actually going on and then i think there's what we want and things like that my analysis of what's actually going on is that this is more a battle between F1 and the FIA. Because if we go all the way back to when the FIA announced that they were opening up the process for new teams and F1 immediately came out and said, we don't want more teams right now. And then shocker, you get to the end of the FIA's process and F1 goes, we still told you we don't want more teams right now. And it all connects back to the fact that in 2026, the Concord agreement is up and F1 wants to raise the entry fee for new teams. So F1's quote saying that they will reconsider them again in 2028 when GM is going to be theoretically an engine manufacturer, which we've only heard from the FIA and from this F1 announcement and not actually from GM, but okay. <laughs> that to me, it all just screams that F1 is trying to push, push this off until they can raise the entry fee. And F1 is in a squabble with the FIA over all of this to begin with. And it actually has nothing to do with Andretti. Yeah, I the it, I feel the same. It definitely feels like a game of chess between F1 and the FIA. And the, the piece that's moving amongst them is Andretti. I, you know, I think Andretti is very much felt like they were like in the pocket with the FIA and they're like, ha ha, it's going to be great. And, you know, planning to do other things before F1 or Liberty Media gave their proper response. Um, I loved Liberty Media's response of just like, nope, we don't think that they've demonstrated, you know, proper value and things like that. Like it's, it was so much of their previous statements and implications about like another team joining the grid. And they're just like, no, we just still just don't see the value. We did this, don't see this benefit in the sport at all. So I think they've been very consistent with that. And the FIA has continued to not really care or like continue to cross the boundary into Liberty media's domain of things. And like really tried to like strong arm them into this decision. And it was for I guess a little while, you and I discussed that like maybe it could happen because there was so much pressure. I'm very proud of Liberty Media to be like, no, bye. Like I wish you did it yesterday, but like no, it was like <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I and 
I don't want to make it seem like I don't want Andretti. I just have always been on team. I want 10 competitive cars and adding another customer team to the grid didn't feel like a good choice in making another competitive team. Now I know, and I hear, and I've read all day, everyone screaming about like, well, Stake F1 isn't a competitive team. And I agree with that. We don't have enough competitive teams on the grid, but adding more uncompetitive teams isn't the solution in my opinion. But all of this, again, like is commenting on the Andretti of it all. And I just don't think it matters. I think if Andretti went about this process in a way where they were working with Liberty, it probably would have still hit this impasse because guess what? FOM, Formula One Management, and the FIA are really not getting along right now. Right. And, yeah. and you, Chess was the perfect example because Andretti's just this pawn that's getting slapped between them to see like the FIA was trying to get FOM to budge and give in to them. And they said no. And yeah. I, I genuinely genuinely believe they're going to pass a Concord agreement in 2026, which is the agreement between all the teams and the operational body. And that's going to say it now costs a million dollars if you want a new team instead of whatever. Okay. not a, Sorry. It, it's like, I think it's 250 million right now. And I think they want to make it much more like double that. And then guess what? We're probably going to get Andretti on the grid for 2028 20, with GM as an engine manufacturer. And all of this headache was just about like, who could People squabbling in the like arm wrestling contest between FOM and the FIA. I agree. I, I, it's a, it's very easy also to make it the Andretti headline just because it's like the racing the Royal family. And it's just, it's just like sexy story if you spin it that way, but it does just feel like the two organizations that have been in a very <laughs> public conflict about things. Um, and particularly in this one that, yeah, it just feels like a game of chess. And I, I do want to read one thing we got, which was having the opportunity to consider the applicant's responses together with our own deliberations. We subsequently wrote the applicant on the 12th of December, 2023, extending an invitation to an in-person meeting in our offices in order for the applicant to present its application. But the applicant did not take up on this offer. Now, Andretti doesn't have to take them up on it. Maybe there was like a timing. Maybe F1 like didn't really mean it. Like, I'm sure there's so much political dealing. But to me, the fact that Andretti refused to have this meeting shows me just how much of a political game this is between the FIA and F1 versus Andretti doing absolutely everything they possibly can. Like, if you were doing absolutely everything you possibly can, you just at least show up and accept the meeting. Even if you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go and they're just going to tell me no to my face. At least you then can say you went. But like, this clearly whole thing reads... Andretti is the pawn and it has nothing to do with them. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree. It, well, I, it'll, I'm intrigued to see now, like how the FIA will continue to respond and just, you know, the continued back and forth, but wow, it's not, this even, is not done. No way is this even <laughs> close to done. No. Oh, I will also throw out that apparently F1 stock was down more than 1% today based on this like news and announcement. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I like, yeah, like it's 1% and I'm sure it's going to bounce back tomorrow or whatever it is, but I, I don't think F1 is genuine in there. Andretti wouldn't help us argument. Hmm. And I think it is. And. Okay. I do think having the Andretti name, if marketed well, isn't a bad thing for F1. Mm -hmm. 
And I do think the stock going down shows that at least some investors believe that F1 made a poor business decision today by not, by at least rejecting them as publicly as they did. It was a bad PR move at the bare minimum. Okay. I still think with, I mean, I still think they made the right decision. Right. That's with all the asterisks of it would still need to be competitive. Like all of the things, cause there's right. so many, all of the things that we've already discussed as to why they couldn't. That's really interesting. Cause I, I feel so strongly about the rest of the like meaning of it all of having the addition of the team and the way that like FA has gone about all, all of it is such a, I want to kind of be like, no, and scream it loud. Right. From the tops. But I guess I can see that, you know, dealing with a name like Andretti can have that sort of effect. I didn't really think about well, I mean, it that you way. You've read all day on social media how violently upset fans were about this. And I completely get that like fans aren't always looking at the like back dealings and like being pro Andretti is being pro FIA, which in any other circumstance, no one would want to take the FIA. Like I think it was incredibly smart of the FIA to put FOM in this decision where they, to make the quote unquote right business decision today, they had to take this PR hit that is shown in their stock, at least today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like we're, we just did a whole segment on Andretti and we're probably the most positive segment on the entire internet about this decision. And I'm, and like, we weren't positive about it. We were like, yeah, Andretti would be cool. Like there are other worse teams on the grid, but like we completely understand why F1 made this decision. And that's the most, like everyone else is just going to be slamming this. So I can no. believe Well, right. you think about how this has all been going on. And if you watch every other segment we've ever done about Andretti on this podcast, I'll People link the playlist me. right here. Yes, please check out the playlist um, because it really kind of sets the, I mean, yeah, we're reacting I, I very much exactly as I would expect we would. Expect. Yeah, we have our business brains on. Business but like, brain. I get, right, but I get the American motorsport, like emotional side of it. Like, yeah, you know what it is? It's if I could flip out Haas for Andretti right now, I would do it in a heartbeat. I agree. I 100% agree. Again, it's not, I could, it's not Andretti. That's the, that was the problem. The whole no. Yeah. Oh my God. Like make, you know, FIA, if you really want to do this, force Red Bull to sell their second team to Andretti. Visa catch up Red Bull. Junior. <laughs> Unfortunately, when we recorded last week, we recorded about 24 hours before, uh, the team formerly named Alphatari became the team called Visa Cash App Racing Bulls that then we learned wasn't actually Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. It's actually Visa Cash App RB and RB stands for Red Bull. So I'm going to refer to them as Red Bull Jr. So Red Bull Jr. launched their branding and it didn't go well. So I thought we could make the first podium of the 2024 F1 season with Visa Cash App RB really messed up in this rollout. In P3. Not including a single human in the rollout of this. And what do I mean by not including a single human? I mean, not having a video with a human saying words. There isn't even a photo of either of their drivers in merch or in front of a sign. They have one of the most personable drivers on the grid, and they thought the best way to roll out an exciting new partnership and new branding was with a logo 
and wiping their social media. Yeah, like huge miss here. It seems it, it just looks like someone like woke like forgot that they needed to have stuff for this. And they're like, oh, we gotta we gotta announce this. We let's make some graphics real fast. Right for something that seemed to be in the works for a long time, like, and I don't care if Daniel Ricardo's on vacation. Put that man in front of a video cam and have him make a joke, or just yeah. say, "I'm so excited," and this would have went better. I one thousand percent agree. Just having either driver participate in any fashion a lot better than this. The accidental leaking of the name, like there were so many things that you could have just done better. Um, and yeah, one of them could have just been like a FaceTime with Danny Rick. Danny Rick FaceTiming Yuki Sonoda being like, guess what? Did you hear? There you go. And then you, you switch up the video into like what they actually dropped, which was the like big 3D effect thing. Humans make things better. <laughs> it's just, you know, shocking. All right. In P2. Thank you, voiceover man. P2 was letting the leak simmer. I understand that they had a rollout plan for this and they wanted to stick to the timeline and maybe there was some contract stuff in the back end. But clearly the contracts with Visa and Cash App were in a place where they were able to test a change of their handle. When something leaks like that, you have to throw out your plans and go with it. Because when they let the leak simmer, all of us got to sit there and form opinions without knowing anything other than Visa Cash App RB. <laughs> and that just, yeah. it's like PR 101 is if something leaks, you roll with it and then you just roll it out. That's it. Especially because then like their follow-up and backtracking was they, before announcing, they posted the blue picture with the BRB and everyone's just like, we already know. Like, now you're right. really going to act like you're teasing something, but we know you already fumbled the bag. So now, agree. And if it seemed like to the point that they were rushing for these graphics or whatever, because that's what it looked like, even though that's definitely not what happened, then you could have done that right away. You could have just posted all that stuff when you accidentally revealed your name with your and Instagram handle. And then say goodbye to Avatar afterwards, because there was the leak. Then there were, felt like at least 24 hours, but I believe multiple days, where it just disappeared. Then they did at least one day of saying goodbye to Alvatari, then a BRB day, and then they announced what we all already knew at that point. But again, it's all this time where people are forming an opinion and you're not in control of that narrative. No one is talking about how Visa is a giant company and people might be excited about what that means and them coming to F1. Everyone's just making fun of this. And that's because we all got to, in a vacuum, form an opinion before you get in front of it. Yeah, they did not have enough control on the messaging. And even now, I feel like it's just been like crickets. And yes, we have to wait, obviously, until their car launch and things. But, but we like, don't have to. They should but have even now, I mean, it's just excitement. Yeah, but if there was like such a, you know, you couldn't get it all out you know, quick enough or when you initially wanted to or whatever it is. And now it's just, everything just feels weird. It just feels awkward that I need to like wait more to see what they're going to tell me. Maybe they'll tell us what to call them. Maybe they won't. I don't. I, Danny Ricardo, come in and save this, please. <laughs> well, that is a perfect lead in 
because nb1 not telling us what to call it was the biggest faux pas of this entire thing the cmo's coming out and saying the cmo's coming out and saying well, we'll just see what the fans want to call it. Guess what? We're going to call it not something like this. I'm going to call you Red Bull Jr. now because that is what you've decided you want to be. Guess what you, now everyone's like, it's going to be V-Carb. It's like, guess what? It is definitely now not going to be V-Carb. Do you know how many jokes I could make about V-Carb that I would have loved to make, but now I refuse on principle. Like you, It all goes back to controlling the narrative. You have to tell people, this is our name and we're going by this. This is the second time a team did a rollout this year where they, after the fact, tried to tell us what to call them. And at least with Steak F1, I can make jokes about steaks, the food, not the company. <laughs> and it goes, it's same with Red Bull Jr. here. Like this whole like dripping information doesn't work when you leave fans who are going to be opinionated about something like this in a vacuum to make opinions. Like PR and marketing 101 is you tell people what to do. Like you roll it out, you include humans, you, you make it exciting and you tell people what you wanna be called because you will not like the outcome of the general public going, nah, you know what, we're gonna go back to minority. Yeah, I, it, all horrible, all bad. Just, I, you can make such strong decisions. Maybe they're like locked away somewhere doing like a whole overhaul and they're going to come out and be like, this is us, this is our name. Too I, late. But then if they, yeah, I, but again, I still think I'm stuck at either Red Bull Jr. or just Visa if I'm trying to save syllables. Yeah, that's all. Sorry, Cash App. Not going to get a, any part of this. I'm sure whoever is in the marketing and PR room of Red Bull Jr. right now is ripping their hair out because they made all the recommendations that you and I are talking about where they messed up right now. But someone else is making that decision who's not a marketing person. What is baffling to me is if I was Visa right now and if I was Cash App right now, I would be furious with how this all rolled out. Like something that was supposed to be so exciting is now coming across like the worst name of in F1 history. F1's had a lot of bad names. We should do a segment on that at some point, by the way, like the worst names in F1 history. Comment below what you think it is. But I don't think Visa is the worst title sponsorship of all time. No, I was just saying it has such potential to like do such like cool things and like the access that it has. And it seems like such a flop, such a waste of what could be a really cool sponsor. Fingers crossed for a cool car launch. I hope it's not blue, but it really looks like it's gonna be blue. It's literally gonna look like the Red Bull Junior. I would put money on it right now. Step right up, step right up and see the wonders of the traveling motor circus. Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, both signed extensions with their existing teams for an undetermined amount of time, but essentially it's reported at least through 2026, which is the first set of the regulations. My initial reaction was, oh, Charles must feel so happy. Um, that was my initial reaction. And then Lando's, I was like, I mean, okay. I was like, sure, <laughs> you, you can sign a driver for multiple years that still hasn't won you a race. That seems like a really great choice. Um, so I don't, not, I didn't feel surprised. I, I think timing no. felt a little like random, more just like 
for Lando than for Charles because I just feel like Ferrari does whatever they want and Charles, you know, is like, I live here. Lando felt strange. It almost felt like they needed to announce Lando because Charles was announced. <laughs> like it felt, yeah. it felt like, oh, they're in the same grade. Like let's, you know, like right. here's yeah. their status on our drivers in this grade. I never felt like a Charles extension was in doubt. It was a more a matter of if, it was more a matter of when, not if this extension was going to happen. We talk all the time about how Charles Leclerc will be a Ferrari driver until Ferrari decides they don't want him to be a Ferrari driver. And that's mm -hmm. it. So him signing that extension, just to me, I opened up the news and I said, ah, yes, great, we got the announcement. I also felt like the timing was right for Ferrari because Ferrari's car launch is going to be about Ferrari. The Lando McLaren one, I was more, I don't want to say confused that he resigned because Lando has made it very clear he doesn't want to be in the same car as Max. And that was his option, was do I want to go compete with Max in the Red Bull or do I want to stay at McLaren because there's no seat opening up in the Mercedes. There might be a seat opening up in Ferrari, but it, he never seems to be on Ferrari's radar when they talk about potential future Ferrari drivers. And then the other option would be, do you want to take a gamble on Audi? And Lando doesn't seem to be a take a gamble type guy. No. But since we've already gotten McLaren's livery, this felt like a, an announcement they could have made at the car launch to make that more exciting. So I'm everything McLaren does leading up to their official car launch makes me more and more intrigued about what we're actually going to see at the car launch. If we're getting all of these like more major announcements before the car launch. Yeah, it's like, what is this going to be even for? Like, yeah, okay, we're going to see your car. I mean, they better be driving it at this point. Because it's like, <laughs> what else are you going to show pull us? Pull a Ferrari. Please pull a Ferrari from last year. That would be great. Uh, or at least show us the real car, which is rumored that they're going to do. Whatever I... it takes. <laughs> Except Lando doesn't seem Mr. Whatever It Takes to win a championship. Nope, nope. He's not Mr. Whatever It Takes to win a race yet. <laughs> I'm like only I'm being shady in a fun way. I'm just like you know, really committed not, to this, right? Yeah, I mean we're not big Lando fans, and it has been a big discourse across social media since this announcement. And he did an interview with Sky Sports where he kind of talked around the fact that he doesn't want to be in the same car as Max. And I, I think it is fair for us to then make an assumption that he's not willing to do whatever it takes to try to get in a winning car. Because I think if Lando Norris said, put me in that Red Bull, I think there's a high chance that Red Bull would put him in the Red Bull at least next year after Perez's contract is up. But I I don't, if Lando just wants to be an F1 driver and drive around in a McLaren, like, cool, you do you. Like, I just, yeah. not, not my driver. Cool. No, but. Congratulations. Right. I, the question I wrote down for us to talk about is, is this a good move for them in your opinion? I do think it's a good move for Charles and it feels like what Lando wanted. But if you only judge, is this a good move on your goal being win a world driver's championship? I don't think it's necessarily a good move for either of them to win a world driver's championship. Yeah, I mean, I think Charles is like, if I don't win a world championship at Ferrari, then like, it doesn't count. 
Lando, I think, <laughs> would really just want one. So I, that's I, it. It does surprise me a little bit. I mean, you know, him not wanting to go into the Red Bull because then it's like people can't say, "Oh, the potential! It's the car's fault." I don't know. Lots of back and forth of it all. Um, I just don't believe a customer team can win in modern F1. So this goes to my bias of like everyone saying, well, this is showing just how like how much he believes in McLaren actually being able to compete for a title. And I, I just fundamentally believe. He has nowhere to go. Yeah. He wants to lead a team. And if he's going to do that, this is his only choice unless he wanted to go to Audi. But. Well, yeah. Audi's going to create the real shakeup of everything. I don't know. I'm really just hoping that's going to end up being like Mick and Seb. It's my dream. It's <laughs> all I want. <laughs> Makes no sense, but it does. We just went through and had Nicole guess um, all 13 contracts that are still expiring this year. So even though Lando and Charles, which I would say are two of the bigger like players on the board, re-signed and are no longer involved in the 2024 silly season 13 of the 20 drivers on the grid still have expiring contracts it leaves me with we still need to know what happens with perez carlos alonso gasly ocon albon i personally think are the most exciting names on the list i think danny ricardo is so exciting and very interesting (laughs) I mean, the reason I left that off is because, like, him and Yuki, it's not that it's not interesting. It's just so contained where it's like, does Alonzo choose to leave Aston Martin and Yuki go to Aston Martin because they're going to be the Honda team? Because it doesn't seem like Red Bull's going to promote him. The only reason Ricardo is going to move is to go up to the Red Bull team. So it's like, I I mean, that would only be exciting in the way of, like, Checo is officially, like, out of red bull and i say exciting it's just interesting i never want to well and i would say exciting because i never wanted to be against it no i like sergio perez i want him to get a seat at one of the other teams on the grid i just don't want him to be in the only other competitive seat i always say this every time we talk about this but do you think lando and charles signing their extension is going to make silly season kind of boring now or do you think it's still gonna is there still a lot at play? Like, what oh, yeah. Feelings? I think there's going to be plenty at play. I also, not that I think, I mean, 13 is like a lot. That's just a lot of shuffling around. And especially when we're coming out of a season where like the grid didn't move. The grid barely moved. Um, and to ever. an extent, I always will like point out in every contract conversation about F1, contracts mean like kind of nothing. Kind of nothing. Everything All in me means... in the last segment yep, to have too. a serious conversation about that and not just scream. But in the end, if someone wanted to buy Land over Charles out of their contract, they can. Hundred percent. So <laughs> I think we're in for a silly season because of so many drivers. I think we're in for a silly season now, next year, whenever, because contracts really are made up and don't matter in Formula One. And it is, so you never know. You absolutely never know what's going to happen. People are going to tweet about agreements that they didn't agree to, or people are going to (laughs) be reserve drivers and people are going to be places and things. And it's crazy. And this sport is a circus. And that's why we call it that. You know what makes a great F1 silly season, in my opinion? Fernando Alonso's contract being up in the air. Imagine a world where Aston Martin gets off to a slow start. Things aren't peachy. Things didn't end super peachy at the end of last year. And 
Everything involving that man is drama. And I say that in the best way possible. Like, like, so I think the best thing that could happen for Silly Season is Fernando Alonso's future being ambiguous with Aston Martin. The worst thing that could happen for Silly Season is Fernando Alonso immediately signing an extension with Aston Martin early in the season. At least 100%. drag it out. I want some animosity. <laughs> Gotta play some chess. Regulation reset is coming. The last angle of the Lando Charles thing is, I think we have to always look at it from 2026. So it seems like these teams really wanted to lock in their drivers for at least the first year of the regulations reset that's happening in 2026. And then I think the drivers wanted some flexibility after that, at least that first year, to be able to say, hmm, you didn't really get these regulations right. I would like some flexibility to go somewhere else. Um, and I think that's why we're not getting a clear answer on when Lando and Charles's contract expires. And I did read a rumor somewhere that Charles has some like personal opt-outs. There's like team and driver opt-outs in his contract, mm. which is really smart dealing with the Ferrari yeah. contract. But do you think that this was smart for both of these drivers to lock in with their teams before this regulation reset? Or, or and how, I don't know. How do you think this affects the the land of regulations? I think this is a really smart move in terms of the teams just for the sake of consistent data when like developing their 2026 car. So I for drivers, it's so hard because it really is so based on what the car is that year and how the team is performing and strategy. Like there's so many other things. When looking at teams on the grid, you I mean, they didn't make a bad choice. Is it, in hindsight's 2020, so, you know, we'll ask this again at the end of 2026, based on how everything's, like, falling out with the new regulations. But I think in terms of the teams, trying to determine your strategy, at least when you know new regulations are coming, and having drivers that are familiar, you understand their skill set, and when you're developing all, like, your car for these new regulations, having at least that variable stay i mean be a constant and not a variable i think is a great move on the teams um drivers time will tell yeah f1's such a career game drivers have to show insane skill to get the chance at the top teams and then you just hope your timing's right there are three teams theoretically in my opinion that could compete with the championship, which means there are six good seats. And then if you're of the opinion that the seat next to Max Verstappen isn't a real seat, there's really five good seats and one's taken by Max Verstappen right now. So like, I never thought it would be smart for Charles to leave Ferrari. Like, I think this is smart for him, lock in, like Ferrari could get the 2026 regulations really right. And it could all work out. And you should take that gamble. I just keep going back to I don't think a customer team can win. So it's it's still a weird choice for me if Lando doesn't have any opt-outs for him to sign on that long-term to McLaren if he wants to eventually end up at a factory team with a chance to win a championship. Or he has some kind of also like crazy opt-out clauses based on the team. Right. And if he feels that he's performing and can prove what he can do in a McLaren, then maybe they'll... You know the team that kicks someone out and brings him in, but I don't know. If again, if he already said no to the Red Bull opportunity were to believe, then he's at McLaren. I'm recording. Right. See, this is what happens when the Super Bowl is here. I can't focus on anything. Ads, 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 ads.
You know, and two days ago, I was like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. And then I got over that really quick. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. I got to root against the Niners. Like, again, as the only person that will also understand this, when I say that the Super Bowl is my Super Bowl, like, there's no, yeah. I, there's no word to explain the marketing, sports, pop culture cluster f- that is the Super Bowl. It's like, this is, I live for this day. Hey, podcast listeners. Gossip Grid here, your guide to F1's paddock elites. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gossip Grid. And I feel like the last few that I've done, I keep saying, is unbelievably jam-packed. And as the season progresses, and I do these more frequently, they will be less jam-packed. But I wanted to give you a full off-season Gossip Grid to let you know what if drivers have, what if drivers, teams, basically anyone involved in Formula One, what has everyone kind of been up to? So just a quick summary of really what drivers are doing in the off-season, just based on their social media posts. One, posting sponsored content that they're clearly just obligated to post because there will just be like six sponsored posts in a row. Two, go on a vacation, both somewhere absolutely freezing and then somewhere warm because these athletes need to snowboard and skydive like on a regular basis. Oh, and also everyone plays a lot of ping pong. Like, on a plane, actual ping pong, they're always playing ping pong, and they're always taking pictures of them playing ping pong and posting ping pong. So, F1 drivers, I mean, hand-eye coordination, yes, you don't have to explain it to me, but they have so much travel ping pong. Okay. So, Lewis isn't going to be the only driver in Fortnite anymore. It was leaked that there's a collaboration coming. Ten default skins that are all going to be customizable. It was discovered when there was an F1 Racers uh, title in the coding. So, you know, could have done a better job, but that gets everyone really hyped. Oh my God, a show that no one has ever heard of before, Drive to Survive, season six on Netflix, appears on February 23rd. And there may be content coming from a podcast for, uh, called Gridwalk about it. Maybe. I don't know. So let us know if you would like to see that. Drive to Survive on Netflix. I think it sounds good. Liberty Media has been named the most valuable sports empire of 2024. So Forbes released an entire list of the most valuable sporting empires. Liberty Media was top of the list, even though they technically went down in the last year. But that was only because they like sold off some of their assets, including the Atlanta Braves. But they're still valued at around $18.2 billion. So, you know, they're doing pretty, pretty great. Susie Wolf, the F1 Academy Managing Director, was named as one of Marie Claire's power list of 2023. So this celebrates individuals who are from diverse fields that are like politics, entertainment, sports, who are redefining what power really means. And Susie had just like this unbelievable quote about being in a world that's predominantly male dominated and like having power in that. And all she says is, I don't worry that I'm very different to those sitting around me. I don't get intimidated and I don't try to act like a man. Authenticity is key. You need to be authentic because it, because it's when you're not, you get called out very quickly. And Susie's always one to call people out when they don't know their stuff or when they're calling her out for things that just don't mean anything. So just, you know, Susie's words of wisdom that we can all definitely live by. Vogue UK had an entire spread about Formula One is the most, is the sports like most fashionable event and talking about how due to the increase of popularity just around the world, but particularly in the US, how different fashion brands have been able to capitalize on that and also just celebrities going there and basically using it as a runway. Another entire, uh, entire article written about Formula One 
The LA Times had a really great expose article about will a woman ever will a woman ever race in F1 again? The answer is yes, because I say so. They do really great jobs of highlighting different females in motorsports, particularly some of my favorites with the Bianca and Jamie Chadwick highlights, but they're giving insights about how females are racing now in different series, their individual experiences, and just you know how they how it's growing and really know the struggles that they've had and uh there's the article ends with like the greatest when talking with bianca it says you open up the motorsports community there could be the next Ayrton senna in the philippines and he just might be a woman this past weekend at daytona we saw brad pitt's f1 movie continuing to film most of it took place for uh the took place at the roar before the 24 fans saw a real life version of the car and the team coming to life with the fictitious chip part racing and i didn't know this before but geico is sponsoring the movie and their logo has been added to the car and the race suits so shout out to geico for getting a pretty solid sponsorship placement there all right now let's get into some fashion things because uh we're obviously gonna start with lewis here because lewis was a busy man these last couple of weeks he attended the british fashion awards he attended the dr fashion show during fashion week he was selected as one of essence's best men best dressed men of 2023 off chance mag did a whole entire spread highlighting lewis and f1 in fashion and my personal favorite is Vogue Business had an entire article about different males that give off baby girl energy. And Lewis is featured. And boy, Lewis is baby girl energy. And if you don't know what it means, just look it up. It's a vibe, it's a feeling, and it's Lewis. Joe is on the cover of Esquire and China. It's a really sick photo shoot. And it's like different shots like this that make me forget that he's not a trained model and he literally is a race car driver. Gala France gave us the behind the scenes of Charles doing a photo shoot with APM Monaco, and he's rocking lots of Dior looks. He was also then spotted on the cover of the Le Officiel Italia. I don't know if that's how you say it, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, the December cover of the French magazine. And of course, Charles is only wearing Ferrari and then more APM accessories because he doesn't wear anything else. And during the world of F1 in other sports, Lewis attended the Chargers Bronco game because he's invested in the Broncos and the Broncos got stopped. QB of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, a.k.a. Danny Rick's man crush. His game fit last week, two weeks ago, I don't know, time's an illusion, was from the Enchante ski line, and it was very fitting for the absolute freezing weather. But then Josh Allen also lost that day. George was also very sporty this offseason when he attended a Manchester United game, and then he also went to a ski competition in Austria and was spotted with Toto and Susie Wolf and Sebastian Vettel because Seb is preparing to return to Formula One by skiing. Oscar Piastri attended the Cavaliers and Nets. Oscar Piastri attended the Cavaliers and Nets game in Paris. Oscar has shared that meeting LeBron is on his bucket list, so maybe we'll get to see him at a Lakers game this year. Also, in a photo dump on Instagram, Oscar revealed his chosen Monopoly piece, and of course, he uses the car to. Lando added a new Instagram account, Land Zero, like Land O's, Land Zero. It looks like it's going to be the Lando JPEG account, but for video. Yuki spent his break doing exactly what you expect he would, eating delicious food when he went to Nobu and Tomo in Dubai. Pierre also revealed some insights of his daily life in a photo dump on Instagram. We saw the inside of his garage and its decor. And on the wall, he has cardboard cutouts of Minecraft characters, Steve and Alex, as well as his fellow drivers, Charles, Lando, Lewis, and Max. 
all hung up on his garage wall. Don't know why. Very weird, but I support you. Marta Garcia, the inaugural winner of F1 Academy, was highlighted in the Women's Health of Spain magazine. Bianca Bustamante made an awesome appearance in Google's most searched video, celebrating 25 years of search, so along with LeBron, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Coco Goff. She was considered one of the most searched people, and you can catch her at the 3 minute and 18 second mark. Alex Albon is continuing to be a rock star on social media. He started into September sharing some of his TikTok drafts that gave us some more behind the scenes content of the season. Also, him and Lily continue to make hysterical content online. If you're not following them, I don't know how many times I have to tell you to do it. Charles filmed an entire vlog in the day in a day of Charles vlogged a day in Los Angeles on his YouTube channel. And honestly, it's incredibly rude that he didn't finish visit Brianna while he was there. Carlos was supporting Carlos, so Carlos signed senior, extended his record as the oldest winner of the Dakar rally at the age of 61, and Carlos signed junior was there to support his dad through a two-week motorsport marathon in Saudi Arabia. Today, actually, when recording this, George was teasing some sort of collab with Instagram related to mental health, and it also features other athletes, a tennis player, Emma Raducanu, and Man City's Jack Grealish. McLaren, no surprise, gained a Guinness World Record for the fastest pit stop ever in Qatar at 1.8 seconds. McLaren is also clearly listening to Gridwalk because they were listening to us when we were like, hi, you have an Abercrombie line and we'd ever see you do anything with it. Well, they were like, okay, hold my beer, hold my non-alcoholic beer because we're race car drivers. Uh, Abercrombie has announced the Abercrombie McLaren Mega Suites. So if you enter to win, you get two grandstand tickets to the Miami GP, credit for hotel and airfare, and it's $3,500, and that's not enough money. $500 worth of McLaren Abercrombie collection merchandise and a signed replica of Lando's 2024 helmet. If you're interested, enter before February 1st, or don't enter so I can win. Thank you. And last but not least, this is a cry to every F1 team on the grid to do this exact same thing. Mercedes did the puppy Q&A video with Lewis Hamilton. Thank you BuzzFeed for starting this trend of just putting men and celebrities, I don't know, good looking people playing with adorable adoptable puppies. So Lewis filmed a great video with all these puppies answering questions I need more drivers to do this immediately. The engagement, the impressions, all of it's there. Teams are leaving money on the table. So the off season was very, very busy for all drivers and it was really busy for me putting all of this together. And I'm really excited to do this more consistently so that it's not just the biggest pop culture roundup you've ever heard. But you know what? This might be there except for Vegas because we love Vegas. But that's all I got for you for F1 and pop culture this week. And I'll catch you next time on Gossip Group. Car launch season is here and happening right right now. And they all are going to come at us very fast. Yeah, because once it starts, then it's just like dominoes and they go, 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 go. And we're technically starting with Haas on Friday, even though who knows what that'll look like. (laughs) Right? Which is... Spoiler alert, most of my podium for my Haas car wish list has to do with the fact that maybe they might actually have a car launch. It'll be very interesting. But yeah, we're going to give our podiums and basically a wish list of what would deem the 
God, Haas, Williams, Steak, and Alpine car launches a success. So we split them up and going to tell you, now they know. They can just listen and they can just change all of their plans to make sure that they incorporate all of the items on our podiums to have a successful car launch. The first of all our car launches is Haas. Depending on when you're listening to it, it could either be tomorrow or it could have already happened. But they are launching on February, Friday, February 2nd. They're our only car launch this week. Last year, Haas tweeted photos of their livery. And that was their launch. They were also first last year. So this is my podium of how can Haas win car launch week, essentially. In P3. Have a car launch. Low bar. Low bar to... And when I say have a car launch, I don't need a giant massive production. A big thing for me is it doesn't need to be like 30 minutes. It could be a five minute video they put together, uh, but some effort, some effort would be good, you know, exists. Anything more than just attach image, tweet, post, right. like uh, something. Remember everything we're talking about, like, oh, a video with your drivers, really having people in a launch is super, super helpful. Yep, yep. Oh, uh, I, I essentially want Haas to do enough that when we do winners and losers of car launch season at the end of this, Haas is maybe neutral and not a, a winner or a loser. That is the bar I'm asking them to surpass. In P2. Less black on their livery this year. Last year, their car was heavy carbon fiber. It seems to be the trend of the grid. Try to get lighter, therefore less paint. I don't know. Haas with the bright white livery is so much more fun to me. We also don't have a lot of that on the grid right now. I think everyone is going to be blue this year. So less black, more color. Would I be agree that white, I just associate that white livery with Haas so much. Oh, they're going to come with an all black livery. I really did feel like when I was writing this that Haas was going to do exactly the opposite of what I said. But that is why it's my my personal wish list of how I think Haas could win my favor this launch season. In B1. Show us their real car. I thought long and hard about this, about what is something Haas could do that would take little to no financial investment that would get us all excited. And Haas has already come out and said that they think they're going to be at the back of the grid. So they're not super enthusiastic about their car this year. So in my opinion, what is the harm in showing us their real car a couple weeks before testing? And that is a way for them to win car launch season and get us all excited and invested without uh, breaking the bank. So that is my realistic recommendation. Don't give us a show car with your livery. Give us your real car. I would love to see almost any F1 team do that. So I agree with you. Haas, what do you have to lose? I have the unbelievable pleasure of providing my wish list for T-Bone, Filet Mignon, <laughs> New York Strip, aka F1 Steak. I wanted to say F1 Skirt Steak so bad. So lots of big question marks here. So the wishes were a lot. I actually had a 
there was quite a few, but I narrowed it down to three. Oh, we're not so, going to get any honorable mentions? No, no honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. I know. Okay. Well, I had no honorable mentions here because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to keep it to my, like, what will make this a success? Okay. So. In P3. Please. No professional news broadcast setup. If I have to watch a group of men sit around a table where you may accidentally too early reveal your livery behind you again, I'm going to be really upset because, (laughs) oh my God, Alfa Romeo, which has now become (laughs) filet mignon T-bone steak, was the most boring launch ever. And we just talked about how last year Haas tweeted their livery. And I think Alfa Romeo was so much more boring than a single tweet. So please, like, sit in a couch at least. Dude, sit at this weird space table. It would also be so counter to their updated uh, restaurant branding if they did the formal announcement. Like, I could sort of get behind, like, Alfa Romeo was this you know, it was an old car brand and you wanted to fill the audience with Steve Job lookalikes like you do you. But if they've been doing this flashy neon green branding and then had, you're, you're so right. I 100%, I don't know how you're going to top that for P2 and P1. Well. In P2. Please lean into the steak jokes. I, I did not give Brianna this podium. Oh. Please lead it to the steak jokes. I did not give Brianna. We never share our podiums beforehand because live reactions are so much better. So we've been doing steak jokes all the time because they're so funny. And if the team themselves, they're doing the emojis here and there, but like really lean into steak, steak. Like give us a video of VB and Joe, like having like a whole entire like mukbang of different cuts of steak. Do something with it. If we don't get it. that this season, I will be devastated at any point please it would be you know what? so funny okay steak content team please in every city you go to there are 24 races this season please have them go to a steakhouse and try a steak in every city i will eat that con eat that content ah i really i wanted to deliver that pun because it was intended and then i stumbled mm-hmm. on it and my delivery was subpar but i will eat that content up please do it and in B1, I need this livery to be neon green. If it's black with neon green lightning bolts, no, I don't want it. I want the whole thing to be green. I want to be able to see it with my eyes closed looking at, at the track. It would be a missed opportunity for them to really stand out. Steak, you're here for a uh, you're here for a short time, not for a long time. And what is it? it? That's not the phrase. You're here for a good time, not for a long a time. Yes. So make yourself lime green. <laughs> I just need to be able to look at the livery and think it's more green than black. Like if I looked at the livery, and if I, sh- you know what? This is my judgment of liveries that we've been talking about. If I show your livery to a small child and said, "What color is this?" and their default reaction isn't green then it's not enough green. It's a great measure. So green, think green, think steak, green steaks. Oh, 
green eggs and ham. There's so there's so much they could go with here. Jeez, mm -hmm. lean into the bit. Of all the car launches coming soon, we have talked the most about Williams. I'll stick on the YouTube video in like the right hand corner a card to when we talked in detail about why it was so great that Williams is launching in New York City and launching at the Puma store. We had a whole conversation about that. So I'm not going to talk in detail. That being said, there are still a lot of things I'm really excited about and a lot of ways that Williams could win their car launch. So I do have two honorable mentions we're going to start out with here. A bonus mention because Gridwalk struggles with self-editing. Give me Thanks, some news. Thanks, man. <laughs> Give me some news about the Golf livery. Like, are we going to get one this year? Is it going to be fan voted? Like, some news that would make me excited. Also, a bonus mention because Brianna struggled to make a decision. Very true. Uh, everything New York City that we said in that prior episode is going into this honorable mention because you should go watch that full segment. I'm not going to get into it. All right. Now my actual podium. In P3. Give Alex Albon space to be funny and silly and goofy. Alex Albon is probably top five most personable drivers on the grid, probably podium member of most personable drivers on the grid. Their launch last year was really nice pre-recorded video and I did like it. It was one of my favorite ones that happened, but it completely undersold how great of a character for F1 Alex Albon is. Give Alex Albon space to be Alex Albon. Let him be silly, goofy Alex Albon. I agree. I want more. And especially when it's going to be in a space where there's like fan interaction and stuff. Give us more, Alex. Let him shine. In P2. Duracell everything. Number one Duracell thing is that Airbox better be a Duracell battery still. But secondary, again, you, like you said, there's going to be fan interactions. They're doing it at a Puma store. Maybe this is Duracell's opportunity to break out that mascot we were talking about a couple weeks ago. I want a giant Duracell battery with googly eyes, please. But Duracell battery is fun, silly, goofy. I want to see them be fun, silly, goofy at the launch. 100%. In B1. Maximize fan interactions. A benefit of doing a launch in a space like the Puma store in New York City is that you can have an energy and a fan experience there. So whether it's actually in the launch itself or we see and hear about what they do when the cameras turn off for fans and people who show up to the store and people who get to attend, I just hope it's a really positive fan focused experience. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I mean, you don't have an event like that in New York in public, like without, you know, really encouraging fan interaction. So if they don't have that, then kind of missing the mark there for sure. And if you think about what car launches are really meant for, like car launches are meant to give, to generate buzz and excitement about a season starting and specifically excitement for your team. And that excitement comes from fans. It's also there as a secondary goal to give space for your sponsors, but the sponsors want the, the fans. So that means whatever all these teams do, fan focused is so important because if we're not excited about what they're doing, why are they doing it? Mm -hmm. Waste of money then. Waste of money, time, and resources.
Alpine. One of the ones I'm very excited about. There's some good teasing happening and such, but I have, I have, they have potential here. So. In P3. Continue to highlight access in racing. Last year, I think Alpine did such an outstanding job of highlighting their academy, their sp- specifically females in motorsports. And they have announced that Abby Pulling's their driver for F1 Academy. So I'm really already anticipating her being involved. And if she's not, I'm disappointed. So they were able to do so much showcasing last year of all the programs that they have. I really hope they continue with that mission this year and, you know, amplify it or really, you know, just don't decrease what you had already done. Alpine had one of the longest launches last year, which is normally a red flag and is going to bring them down. But everything they talked about, I was excited about. Mm-hmm. Like, they went through their entire car and talked about all the changes they made. They really put a spotlight on diversity. And then they put a spotlight on um, different ambassadors that they were bringing in. And it just, even like, I know that a lot of people, like, they brought in a lot of journalists who were excited about the nightclub atmosphere and stuff, but even just watching it virtually, yes, like, I loved the 20 minutes they spent highlighting how they're going to specifically get involved in diversity at the karting level, so I would love just an update on that. Give me give yeah. me 10 minutes on your update and your initiative there. Especially since you we know that all of the teams are supposed to be and need to be you know, sponsoring in F1 Academy in some way. And we still haven't gotten the announcement of all of the drivers for that just yet. So especially Alpine has already done that. So begin, you know, show everyone what they should be doing and like go out with the, like start running with a bang, like really hit the ground running. In P2. Okay. I need Ryan Reynolds to introduce this car. That's it. One of the major as Deadpool of- or as Ryan Reynolds. Yes, sure. I don't, literally, yes. I don't, either one. One, not multiple times, not once, multiple times last year. We had major headlines about celebrity investors and the dug and Alpine and stuff like that. There can be again quick video. Really utilize these like introductions of things. And Ryan Reynolds is a marketing genius and he does these kind of things all the time and would definitely be the type of person that understands his influence or presence or something and the importance of a car launch and how all of those things set precedent. So utilize your connections, shoot Ryan a little texty text and be like, Hey, you finished filming Deadpool. You want to like, Film this in your living room. You could do that. You did it for the Emmys. You could do it here. Use celebrities, please. I Alpine has so many big name sponsors now that I feel like we could do prop bets for the Alpine car launch on which are going to show up. And now I'm yeah. a little disappointed that we didn't do that until now. So look at it on our social media channels at Gridwalk Show because I'm definitely going to pull together some odds and lines for appearances from Rory McIlroy, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey in various parts of their launch. Because Alpine's whole thing for the last year was like, look, celebrity. So we'll see. You can film yourself. I mean, look, I know Travis Kelsey's busy for like a whole lot of reasons, but last we heard, he couldn't say Alpine correctly. He was very much saying Alpine. So there's your video. Teach Travis Kelsey how to say Alpine. 
There you go. And in P1. If this whole car isn't pink, the whole season, whole season, pink car all the time. I don't want, don't, don't, don't show me two cars. If I see two cars and one of them is majority blue and a little kid would be like, that's a blue one, that's a pink one. I only want the pink one. That's it. (laughs) Yes. Someone pointed out that they thought that because it's been camo pink that they're teasing, that it's like the camo is hiding the real livery. And if they remove the camo pink and there's little to no pink on that car, I will revolt. Tune into Gridlock next week to hear us scream. We'll begin the class action lawsuit for false advertising. Yeah, yeah. Because I am now, like, your car is pink. It has to Mm -hmm. be pink. And it's the same judgment as when we were talking about the Haas car earlier, is I need to be able to show your car to a small child and say, what car, what color is this car? And they need to go pink without even questioning it. There you go, Alpine. There you go, everyone. We're really team fun colors this year. We don't want a grid of blue and black. Except for Mercedes. It's the final lap hitting every F1 garage. Get ready for this week's Yellow Sector Notes. Starting with F1 this week, we got news that there's going to be no track invasion at this year's Australian GP. F1 Academy runner-up Lena Bueller will be joining champion Marta Garcia in the Freca Championship this season, so she's also moving up the ladder, which is great to see that it's not just going to be the champion. They're working to get all of the higher-up finishers into higher fever series. Again, series. Looking to our zebras, the 2024 sporting regulations were updated for this year to include four days specifically allocated for the FIA to further test spray reduction components for the 2026 regulations. This was after an unsuccessful test in Silverstone last July. Red Bull released a special 20 years logo for this season. If you're watching on YouTube, I will let you uh, feel your feelings when you see it. Um, And if you're not watching on YouTube, you should go look at it to feel said feelings. That's all I'll say about it. Mercedes has reportedly invested in upgrades to its pit stop gear for the 2024 season, as well as spent a lot of time practicing in this offseason to improve their pit stop performance. Fingers crossed that this report is all true. Peroni released their first ad as the beer sponsor for Ferrari this year, and it poked fun at the like A to Z plan meme thing, and really it was a great ad. I'll also point out that they're going to be releasing limited edition bottles specifically tailored to Ferrari fans. And they're starting with one that says Tifosi instead of Peroni. And I just think it's great and I would like one. So I need to figure out if I can buy one in this. And if you know, let me know. Or if you live in Italy, which is likely maybe where we can all get it, let me know if you are willing to send it to us. <laughs> McLaren has officially fired up their 2024 car. OMP was officially announced as the racewear supplier for Aston Martin for this season. Alpine extended their partnership with glassware company Shamir for 2024. James Vowles was on a podcast after a streak of so much Williams news. That's all I got for you this week. Red Bull Jr. announced a sweep of new hires joining their team this year. Tim Goss, formerly of the FIA McLaren, is their chief technical officer. Alan Permain, previously from Alpine, as racing director. Steak has a puzzle on their social media, even though I'm not quite sure what we're unlocking. 
Haas is teaming up with Starlight Children's Foundation for a really cool sweepstakes. They're offering a one-of-a-kind K-Mag knitted driver suit. Um, and all the proceeds are going to the Starlight Children's Foundation. Um, also, part of the team's collaboration includes a launch of car-themed hospital gowns for kids, which are just really cute. But that's the gridwalk for February 1st, 2024 completed. How was my sector time today, Nicole? Faster than the off-season flew by. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Gridwalk. Thank you to our co-creators, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein. Thank you to our four-legged executive producers and me, voiceover man. Don't forget to subscribe, like the video, turn on auto downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires for the next week's show. You can follow us on social media at Gridwalk Show for daily content. We will be back to walk the Formula One grid every Thursday, and we will see you for the post-Gridwalk debrief in the comments. And today felt like a grid contract extension and not a gridwalk.